Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Good morning, good morning. How are we doing today, church? Oh, come on. How are we doing today, church? Hey, it's really an honor to be here. Uh, this church was uh, literally a massive part of my life for so many years. Even as I look out across this room right now at the amount of people that have played a, a big role in my life. Um, I think back to youth ministry days here at LP Students with Pastor Derek and the influence that he had in my life. Uh, Pastor Derek uh, modeled for me what it looks like to have a healthy youth ministry. And it was out of that season of my life that I had a heart to help others find and follow Jesus in their own walk. And Pastor Derek was the one who introduced Christian rap to me. Come on, Lecrae. Anybody love Christian rap? Come on. Um, Pastor Derek was a big part of my life. I look out at this room right now and see some of our youth volunteers that poured years of life into me and set a foundation of faith. I, I think about this church and the incredible church that this really is. For those of you that have been around for some time, you know that this this church is literally a move of God. Amen? This church is a move of God. That we moved up here in the early 2000s when I was, before I even remember, and to see what God has done over the last 20 years is incredible. It's only by a move of God. And this church remains a beacon of hope in Elk Grove. Amen, church? That this is a place where, where we're able to point people to a life in Jesus. And many people are PKs, right? They call them pastor's kids. And some people have positive experiences and some people have negative experiences. Some people have all types of experiences as a PK. But for me, it was only the best. For me, it was a front row seat at seeing other people step over the line of faith and into a relationship with God. It was a front row seat at people getting baptized and lives being transformed. And, and, and just as a, as a way, raise the hands right now. If your life has been impacted spiritually here at LifePoint, would you just raise your hand right now? Look around the room right now. Is it incredible that we're sitting right now in a move of God? Amen, church? But, but above it all, uh, I think of my parents, my mom and my dad, and the incredible foundation of faith that they have set before for us. Uh, my parents are people of integrity, people of character. They love God and they love other people. They're incredible leaders and they've led selflessly this church for so many amazing years that we're sitting in a move of God because my parents have said, yes, Lord, yes, along the way. I remember when I was just a kid going into my dad's bedroom and seeing him there sitting on his lazy boy recliner, reading scripture in the early morning, modeling what it looks like to say, I'm going to choose to follow God daily. So I just want to honor the incredible people that have led this church, my incredible parents. Mom, I love you. Dad, I love you. And thank you for all that you guys have done. What I want to do today with the remaining uh, time that we have is I want to uh, talk about a story today that's close to my heart. And I believe that God has uh, brought this message to me as, and, and to share with you guys today. Uh, earlier this year, it was my family, uh, my family vacation, all right, my, my mom and my brother, my sister, my wife uh, and I, we were, uh, and my dad, we were in Hawaii for a couple days, and it was great, we went on a hike to a waterfall, anybody love Hawaii? Great, one person loves Hawaii, that's awesome, um, great, I'm in great company today, this is awesome, um, 
we were on a hike in Hawaii, and when we were, we, we went into this, uh, to this lake, way out, this kind of this pool of water off the road, and it was where they shot some of the Jurassic Park movie, and so we wanted to see this spot, it was, it was awesome, we hiked in, and on our way back to the car, after going in the water and everything, I heard some screaming and some yelling off of the path. Like off in the distance, and, and you got to know something about me, uh, I suffer from something called FOMO. All right, it's the fear of missing out. Okay, so when I'm walking down the path, and I hear off in the distance a ton of people having fun, I'm like, I need to go track down this right now, right? So, so my, my wife and I, my dad and my, my sister, we'd go off the trail and into the forest, and, and all of a sudden we come to this waterfall. And there's this waterfall in the middle of nowhere, and there's all these college students just jumping crazy into the water. And my first thought is, like, I need to do this, right? Like, like it doesn't matter. So I, I rip off my T-shirt, right? Like, I'm in my trunks. I, I walk over to the waterfall. They don't even know what's happening. All of a sudden, I'm just standing at the edge. It's probably hundreds of feet tall, although it's probably bigger in my mind. And, and, uh, and as I'm looking down at the water, I'm checking my pockets, you know, for my phone and my keys, and making sure everything's okay. And, and I look over to my wife, and... And, and, and I see my, my Apple Watch is on my hand. My Apple Watch is, is on my wrist. And I look over and I'm like, hey, my, my Apple Watch, you know, like should I, should I take it off? Should I leave it on? And you got to know something. Like I trust my wife with my life, right? But even more so my Apple Watch, certainly. So when she goes, she, when she looks at me and she says, you're fine. She goes, she goes, you're fine, go ahead and jump. And my dad reaffirmed, you're fine. And so I said, all right, here we go. And so I, I take the leap and I, I run off and I go off and it's probably hundreds and thousands of feet through the air that I'm flying and I, I, I'm, I'm going through the air. And as I hit the water, I, hear, I feel the chill of water on my body. It's cold, it's, it's all around me. And, and then for some reason, this was my immediate response when I get in the water, I go like this. And, and I'm like, where's my Apple Watch? My Apple Watch is gone. My Apple Watch fell off in the water, and so certainly as I am in the water, I'm feeling my wrist, and I come up, and, and well, well, I was really mad, okay? I was really mad. Um, but just as a treat, we actually got this whole thing on video, and I want to show it to you guys today. Has anybody had a moment like this before, church? <laughs> I realized that my watch is gone, right? And no more notifications to my wrist. How am I going to stay connected to the world right now? No, so this was a moment where I couldn't blame anybody else but myself, all right? I chose to take the leap hundreds of feet through the air and losing my Apple Watch. This was a moment that I was really upset. I was really angry. I walked away. My, my, my amazing wife was trying to cheer me up and come on, everything's going to be okay. It's just a watch. But of course, I was upset. I was angry. I was frustrated. Anybody been angry before? Anybody been frustrated before? Right? We all have. We, we've all had these kinds of emotions. Something I know about the human race, humankind, is that we go through high moments and we go through low moments, right? We all have high moments in life and we all have low moments in life. We all have, look back on our lives and say, these are moments that I'm really proud of. These are moments that I, that, I, that I look back and I'm excited about, and then these are moments that were really hurtful. These are moments that were really low moments. We've all had high moments, and we've all had low moments, but the incredible part about it is that we serve a God who's so much greater than our highs and our lows. We serve a God who is constant through it all. Amen, church? We serve a God who is constant in the greatest times and in the lowest times. Our God is constant. In fact, Jesus, in his final words here on earth, what did he say? He said, I am with you always in Matthew. He said, I am with you always even to the end of the age. It's a promise to us believers that, that God is with us, that he is a part of our life. And, 
And as I stand here today, and I think about the people that have gone before me, people that, are, that I would say are mature in their faith and have been following God for years and years, those that I would say have a mark of spiritual maturity, I would say that the high moments and the low moments don't rock faith as much. That faith, that our faith can be constant through the highs and through the lows because, why church? Because our God is constant. That our faith can be a constant through the highs and through the lows because even though our life is going like this, we know that our faith is on an upward trajectory because God is constant through it all. And because of this, we recognize that it's actually oftentimes those that are marked with spiritual maturity that have been following God for a long period of time, oftentimes our faith is amplified in our highs and our lows. It's oftentimes that our faith is even lifted to a greater amount because we know that even though this is a struggle, even though this is a low moment, God is constant and God is here. Amen? Amen. We believe that, church, that God is constant through it all. And some people have circumstantial faith, which basically means that our circumstances dictate the level of our faith. And so as our our life oscillates up and down and back and forth through highs and lows, it seems like our faith will do the same kind of trajectory. But those of us that continue to follow God, we allow our faith to continue to amplify and grow through the highs and through the lows. Someone that I think of in scripture is a young man named Joseph. Joseph was just a teenager, right? The Bible records him at 17 years old with many, many brothers who were goofing off and messing up. And we look at the young man in Joseph, someone who loved God and who had integrity and who had character. And he saw his brothers making poor decisions. And what did he do? He went to his dad. And he said, "These my, my brothers here, they're making poor decisions. Why? Because he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to take the next step, next right step. And so he went to his father and said, my, my brothers are doing bad things. Joseph even had, had dreams, right? If you know the story of Joseph, God revealed to him at a young age, just as a teenager, the influence that he would one day have down the road. And he didn't uh, wait till it was ready to go. He didn't, he didn't wait while it's, it's just a dream and it's just in his head, a message from God. He actually told everybody, and his brothers hated him for it. His brothers hated him because he, he reported what they were doing, and he had dreams of, of massive influence. And then his, his dad, right, his dad loved him so much that if you know the story of Joseph, he made a special robe for him, right? It was, a, it was this colored robe. It was this beautiful robe that he put on his son as a way to say, I love you, son. Do we have any favorite children in the house? Anybody say, I am a favorite child in my family? Now, you won't see a lot of hands. Because um, they're, they're going to go like this today. Because um, I'm a favorite, but I don't want everybody to know this, all right? And then watch this, ready? Group participation. Who is the least favorite child? You're not the first. You're not the first. Hands go up across the room. You're like, I am not the first, and I've been angry for it for 37 years, right? Right? Joseph was clearly the loved one. Joseph was the favorite child. And all the other brothers knew it. He said, I'm not the favorite Joseph is, and they hated him for it. And therefore, if you know the story of Joseph, they sold his brother into Egypt. What a horrible move. What about the worst move that you could do as a sibling? To sell your sibling into Egypt as a slave. And here we have a man of character, a man of integrity, who had an incredible calling on his life for influence. And a future that God had revealed to him down the road. And yet Joseph now finds himself at a place where he's sold into slavery into Egypt. 
He had a high moment and he had a low moment. And as his life oscillated, I want to watch for a second what God did in, in Scripture, Genesis chapter 39. We, we see the story of Joseph. And it says this, church, catch this, the Lord was with who? Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Even though he's a slave, he continued to be faithful and continued to do the right thing every single day. He succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. And Potiphar noticed this and realized, second time, catch this, that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, right? So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. Now, what you, what you got to know, church, is as we read the story of Joseph in Genesis, is that as his, his life went up and down, we recognize that God was constantly with him. But it's as if the Bible, as if God wants to communicate to us today, specifically when he's at his low moments, that God was with him. Because if you read the whole story, and we don't have time today, it never says that the Lord was with Joseph. It never says God was with Joseph from the, it's when he goes to his low moment. that The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph in Egypt. He was a slave, and the Lord was with him. Now Joseph was a successful man right now in Egypt, and he was handsome, and, and he was well built. And you know, it's like your pastor, Pastor Chris, right? He's handsome, he's successful, he's a sharp looking man. We can give it up for our pastor today, come on. So this is, this is Joseph, right? He's successful, he's handsome, and it says that a woman actually, actually uh, accused him sexually. He, he, she accused him and, and came on him and, and basically said, she, he did wrong by me. And now here is Joseph as a man with influence in Egypt, getting accused by a woman of something that he did not do. And now the story goes on and it says that Joseph, well, he's thrown into prison. Let's read it together in Genesis 39. It says, so he took Joseph after being accused and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. And for the second time in the story, we, we recognize the Lord was with Joseph in prison. The Lord was with him. God wants to tell you, at your lowest moments, God's still with you. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And, and, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all of the other prisoners. And over everything that happened in the prison, the warden had no worries, though. Because Joseph took care of everything. And like last time, it's repeated. In case you missed it, the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. It's as if to say that through the high moments and through the low moments, that God is with us always, that he is constant, and therefore that we can choose to follow God daily. And I think about from my life and the ups and downs in my life and the highs and the lows. And, and honestly, I kind of feel like I relate to Joseph a little bit here. As someone who had highs and who had lows, and certainly I think Joseph's highs were a lot higher and Joseph's lows were a lot lower, but I recognize that throughout my life I can pinpoint moments where I was up and I was down, I was up and down, and can I say that's probably all of us, right? We can all relate to that on some level. But the, we can also recognize for some of you, you've been following God for some time now, just like, my, like, just like me, and I can recognize that even though there was high moments and low moments, God was faithful through it all. That God's been constant in every single moment. And because of this, we have a posture to say, God, you are so faithful. 
There's nothing else that I should be doing with my life than following you. And I think about this church and how it was a catalyst for spiritual growth in my life. It was in this church where I was saved, where I stepped over the line of faith and said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior, and I'm committing my life to you. It was in this church where I was baptized, that my dad baptized me here, and I went public with my faith in front of everyone. It was here in this church where God revealed to me as a young teenager, just like Joseph, that, that you are going to be called into ministry. That God, that, that God revealed to me as a young person early on in my life that, 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 that he's calling me to do what, what I'm doing now. And God has been faithful through every season, through the highs and through the lows. So what I want to do today, as we sit here on, the, on this moment of his ordination, I want to share with you what I believe is a way to follow God with purpose. As we look at scripture, on, and, and, and if we are trying to follow God with our life, I want to answer the question, how do we follow God, God with purpose? How do we follow God with purpose? I'm going to give you two points today, and I believe they're rooted in the story of Joseph, and, and even as I reflect on my own life, I kind of see it as two, parts of the, two sides of the coin. Right, there's two things if we're going to follow God with purpose. Number one is we're going to live faithfully today. We're going to live faithfully today as Joseph, through the highs and through the lows, Joseph continued to do the next right thing. Joseph continued to say, I'm going to do right by people. I'm going to have character. I'm going to have integrity in everything that we do. We're going to live faithfully today. We're going to be, as believers, we're going to choose to, to, to have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Right? Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, that we're going, to, we're going to have love and joy and peace and patience. And it goes on to say all these different attributes. I believe, as Christ followers, that we're called to be people that have the fruit of the Spirit. That we're called to exemplify Christ today. I want to talk to some young people here in the room. If maybe you're a teenager or maybe you're in college or you're a young adult. And, and man, I want to tell you today, friends, I want to encourage you that I believe that you are the church of today. That the next generation is not the church of tomorrow. The next generation is the church of today. That as young people, I want to encourage you to step up and say that you are the church of today. And, and many young people take a step back in early, early young adulthood. And I want to I encourage some of you to say, hey, this is the time of your life to step into this. And to step into the calling that God has on your life. In fact, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and says, don't look at, let anyone look down on you because you're young. Don't let your age be a barrier for what God's going to do in your life. Instead, be an example. Set the pace. Go ahead of others in the way that you, in, in what you say, in the way that you love, in the way that you, or in your faith and in your purity. We're going to be people. No matter our, 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 no matter our season of life, no matter our financial situation, no matter our age, we're going to be people that decide to choose to live faithfully every single day. And as a church body, what I want to encourage and invite you into is into a space where we allow young people to come in here and to be the church. I remember here, it was on this very stage where I walked up for my first message ever. All right, and I, I remember because it was a room full of students, and I walked over the stage, and I was shaking, and I was shaking, and I was shaking, and I was walking up, and I'm doing this, and I, I got teenagers all around me, and I'm a teenager, and I'm like, oh, you know, and, and, and I love it. Pastor Derek, he, he invited, he gave me a chance that day, but he didn't give me a whole chance. He gave me the intro to his sermon. So he, he gave me like the first like four minutes and then I'm off, right? So I came on and I'm shaking, I'm speaking, and then I walk off and, and Derek comes on and does his thing. And, but, but man, what a beautiful picture of someone that says they are not the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today. What if we're a people, what if we're a church that says this is a church that cares about the next generation, 
We're going to inspire, we're going to raise up young people to follow God daily and be faithful to God today. If we do this, I believe we're going to see young people on fire and following after Jesus. All right, now that's number one, live faithfully today. Number two is we're going to be ready for what God is going to do. Because I get this sense in reading the story of Joseph that as he's sitting in his prison cell, he must be thinking to himself, God, what about the dream? What about the influence that you promised me? I get the sense as he's sitting in this jail and he has shackles on his hands, he must be questioning God. God, where have you gone? But no, Joseph does the next right thing. I get the sense that Joseph is just always ready. He's always ready for what God's going to do next. He's eager and says, God, use me, use me, use me. I, I look back in my early years and I played lots of sports. Anybody love sports? Great, three people. This is awesome. I love it. Um, I played a lot of sports growing up and, and my dad would always tell me, he said, get into athletic position. Now, I think we all know what athletic position is and what it isn't. So when I'm standing on the field looking like this with, with legs locked, you know, not athletic position. But when the ball gets to the bat, you want to be in a position where you're ready to field the ball. You want to be in this athletic position as a way to say, I am ready for what's coming at me here. And I believe as believers, as Christ followers, we're called to be in this spiritual athletic position to say, God, will you use me? God, I'm ready to be used. If you throw the ball, God, I'm ready for it. We want to be people that are ready for what God's going to do. But I think so many believers today have a couch potato type of faith. That they're sitting back and they're watching what God's doing in other places. We're really excited about what God's doing in other people's lives or in other places. But we want to be people that are eager and ready. Say, God, use me right now. God, I'm your servant. I want to be used by you. What if we all had that approach and said, I want to be in a spiritual athletic position. God, will you use me? But see, what, what I didn't say is reflect on the past. Because some people have a really big rear view mirror. And they're constantly looking back on what God did do. Which, praise God for that. But man, some of us need to turn our angle forward and say, God, I'm ready to be used by you. And if we hold this posture and we're ready, what we don't become is lackadaisical, circumstantial faith time of people. We become people that are ready to be used by God. And we become a church that is positioned in a way to help point people to life in Jesus. Amen? That's the church we become. We become like a church that's ready to say, God, will you use us? Will you do something great here? And I believe that all of us have a choice in front of us. That we have an opportunity to be a spectator or a participant. All of us have an opportunity to watch what's happening on the field. Or to step on the field and say, God, will you use me? We think about how a stadium is full of people that desperately need exercise. Watching the 20 people on the field that don't need any exercise playing in the game. But man, sometimes we treat faith the same way. Is that fair? Sometimes we act like people that are desperately need of God to use us and we're watching the few that are doing the work. What would it look like if we all raised up in unison here at LifePoint and says we're going to be used by God. That we're going to say yes to God today and tomorrow. Can we get in a spiritual athletic position and say, I'm sick and tired of being a spectator. God, I choose to be a participant today. I choose to be used by you. 
And I see Joseph's life, it's credible because Joseph was willing to say yes and to say yes and was faithful in, his, in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And we, we get to the end of the story in, 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 in Genesis, Genesis chapter 41, sorry. It says this, it says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of these dreams to you, right, if you know the story of Joseph, he actually interprets his dreams. He says, since you have done this, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you. You will be in charge of my court, and my people will take orders from you. Only I, only myself, the Pharaoh, will I rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. What we got to recognize, church, is this is years after the influence call on his life. This was years after the promise that God placed on, on Joseph's life to say, I'm going to use you in a great way. But, God, but Joseph was faithful through the highs and the lows. And to wrap us up today, I remember uh, <laughs> in Hawaii when we were on the way back from, from the waterfall. And I'm, I'm sitting in the car with my, with my wife and my dad, and I'm just sulking at this point. I'm just mad about my Apple Watch. And Amanda's phone starts to ring in the car, and she says, it's a Hawaiian number. And I said, please answer that right now. And so she answers the phone from this random Hawaiian number, and the person answers and says, hello, this is Apple Search and Rescue. I have your Apple Watch. And I was like, Apple Search and who? Come again? And, and, and say, I have your Apple Watch. This is Apple Search and Rescue. And so my dad skirts around the car, all right. He pulls around. He goes back to the waterfall, and we're on our way back. And we're, like, pulling out our phones, like, we're either going to die or I'm getting my Apple Watch back. It's one of the two. Uh, and so we show up to the trailhead, and we're, and we're driving down the road, and right in front of us is a 15-year-old kid just going like this in the, in the road. And I'm like, Apple Searching who? And this young man starts to tell us that, yeah, like, I live here and, and tourists from all over the world come to this waterfall thinking that this flimsy little strap is going to hold on to your wrist. <laughs> and that if you, if, you, if you put it on your wrist, it will not last. And so he says, I come here maybe three times a week and I have a collection of Apple Watches and phones. Because they just don't know it don't work. And so he calls us up. Why? Because my, my medical ID or the, the emergency contacts, my, phone's not, my, my wife's phone number. And so calls us up, gives it back. And, and I'm reminded in this moment, even though it's a hilarious story, that, man, nothing in front of us here today is what we deserve. Can we just all agree on one thing? That God is moving today, tomorrow, and in the future. And none of this we deserve. I don't deserve to have this Apple Watch that now I can laugh about. This is not a thing that I did to deserve this. And what we got to recognize, believers, is that today is a gift from God. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to choose today with the gift from God of being here, present here in this room, to be a spectator? Or are we going to choose to be a participant? Are we going to be people that are eager to watch what God's doing in other people's lives? Or are we going to be people that say, God, I'm going to say yes today. That I'm going to live faithfully then I'm going to get an athletic position and I'm going to be ready for what you're going to do in my life. And I'm going to tear down that rear view mirror. God, will you use me to do a massive thing in this world? And I believe here at LifePoint that God's not done here. Amen? That God's only getting started. This week we, we drove by the elementary school that we did for years with church. Wheeling in chairs and doing portable church for years. 
Man, God is on the move here at LifePoint. We're here because of what God's done. But can I just say, church, that God's not finished yet? And what we're in desperate need of is a group of people like yourselves to say, God, I'm ready to be used by you. God, I don't want to be a spectator anymore. I'm ready to be a participant in the story that you're writing. God, would you use us in this place? We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.